other Three Amigos podcast. Hey Toe Tappers, this is Decky from Toe Tap. So we recorded a piece with Graham Cummins for the podcast, which turned into something much bigger and more detailed than we ever thought it was going to. So with that in mind, instead of burying it in the podcast, we've decided to just release it as a standalone piece. And this is something we'll probably look at doing for future guests and future people we talk to as well we do have some people lined up so we will probably release those as standalone pieces as well but look hopefully you guys enjoy this it's just over 30 minutes if you guys don't enjoy it then by all means give graham a shout and let him know but please don't bother us about it so as always in association with msc casino this is toe tap talking to graham cummins cheers we're joined by the evening echo soccer correspondent and ex-cork city player graham cummins and um, we're going to just talk to Graham. Graham, it's nice to have. You're our first ex-player and also a journalist uh, on on the pod. Welcome. Oh, I'm very honoured. Very honoured, lads. Oh, I first. I need to make a good impression. Oh, first impressions always count, don't they? You did bring the brown envelope for us all, didn't you? This, no, that would have been a great oh, first sure. impression. It's, it's the other way around. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> it's only the other way around. <laughs> Um, we'll have revenue on to us, <laughs> 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 Again. I'll, I'll bleep out that word from the pod. Um, <laughs> the, um, so, look, Graham, uh, welcome along to the pod. Um, I suppose we, we'd like to, it's great to have an ex-player's view, uh, as well as uh, you're obviously a, a journal now as well, yeah. uh, on what's going on at the club at the moment. Um, how do you, how's your, what's your rate of the season so far? Well, I suppose like everyone, I think I think everyone in the club knows would say the same. It's it's been a disappointing season in terms of results. I think everyone expected to be in a better position, but again, looking the last few weeks, the last few performances, I don't I don't just think the Sligo game. I think when you look back to, I honestly feel the best performance they've had all year was the Bray game. Pat Pat's beating Bray the other night six nil. I said it earlier on another podcast that I won't name, lads. I said <laughs> City could have easily beaten Bray that night 6-0. Do you know what I mean? They they really could have. And I think had the season started now, I think they'd be really, they'd be fighting at the top of the league because I think players are getting more experience, more confidence. So, as I said, I think I was looking, as I said, in one of my columns after the Wexford game, they're getting street smart. I was watching them when they were down to 10 men, but what I liked about lads was they were getting fouled and they were play-acting a bit. I was like, you got to do that in this league. And like I, like I said, some of the standard of refereeing has been quite poor this year in certain games. And you can sometimes you can con a referee. But I think like there's no shying away from it. We all kind of expect it better from City. But I, I do think it's a work in progress. I don't think you can just expect miracles out of these lads. A lot of these lads, it's their first time feeling first team football. I mean, I... I only looked at like Ben and No, and he's either tw- he's nineteen or twenty, I think. Brunson, I we, we, we call him Brunson on this pod. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and that's all. Don't that's all. Don't you? Don't to the echo, eh? But uh, <laughs> but no, I look at him and I think like where he's at, where at twenty compared to where I was at at twenty. I so said he's he's by far a superior player than I was at that age. I it's just about kind of like I think Colin's doing a good job I think he's coaching him right I think when I was his age the best piece of advice I always say in my whole career was just I was calling to the office by Tommy Dunn and he just showed me clips of myself playing and he actually taught me how to play football not that I was like at the end I think I must have lost I must have forgot that meeting but he told me about angles and everything like that where I was sitting there going I don't have a clue about this like it just shows how I think Football is a lot better, and know the standard is better than it was a few years ago. And like I said, it's it's hard for fans as well because I know fans they always want to be winning, and you kind of you can't see the sometimes 
fellas go, I want immediate success instead of long-term future. I mean, if you look at it, like a lot of the academy players coming through or like doing really well and a lot of them were playing against Lego and like if from a Cork perspective you love seeing lads come through and how good would it be for a successful team and have most of the team players from Cork like because I think that's that's where you get your pride when you see one of the players that you go he's actually come through the academy and I think like you said it, it'll take time whether they can make the playoffs this season I think is a big ask I really do because they, they possibly would need to win eight of their remaining games and Considering they've only won three all year, it's a big ask. Um, yeah, and that was that was where we really didn't actually the the realistic goal for the rest of the season. And it's funny you mentioned Street Smart actually because the match yesterday, I noticed Brunson actually. Um, there was a feistiness about him in the game. There was one part, mm-hmm. and I could see him pushing away a player. Do you know there was? And I think at one stage he went down. There was a tackle, and he kind of he may have he may have left his mark on the other player just sneakily and stuff like that. So yeah, I did I did notice that yesterday. With, with uh, do you know what now, lads? I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him Ben Owen in future. Okay. That's a vow, okay. At least at least pronounce the name right, Damien. Benin. Ben Owen. Yes. Mm. Is it Benin? Benin. Benin. What yeah. was your man yesterday calling him? Christ almighty. Shocking. Yeah. Is it, so it's Benin. I'm going to write, okay. Benin. I, Damien yeah. Treenan, solemnly vow to call Ben Ben Benin O'Brien Whitmarsh, not Brunson, for the remainder of the season. If I do, I will donate 20 euros to a charity of Benin's choice for the rest of the season. Uh, every time I say it, okay? So... Benin. Okay, there we go. Uh, but anyway, what's the, what do you think the realistic goal is for the rest of the season? Uh, from a fan's perspective or like the players inside will so still as, think yeah. they can make the playoffs. They I, think they I can really make it. Think, I, you have to. I mean, it, there's nine points. I think was it, I, I kind of look back to the 2011 year when we pipped shells for the league and I think we were 10 points maybe with eight, nine games to go behind them. And you kind of just look at games and you just think they might drop points there, they might drop points there. But at the same time, we were winning. So like City needs to start winning games and then they can start focusing on, you know, what Bray might lose this, they might lose that. And Bray at the moment, like we saw them in Turner's Cross of City play them again in the morning, they're head and shoulders above them at the moment and losing the path 6-0 doesn't do him any confidence and they had a good side out as well it's not like Bray played they're like second string players I think from a fan's perspective you want momentum you just want to get going I was saying this the year we like didn't get promoted in 2010 it's the second half of the season we started doing really well and we brought in lads like like that's what I think with the transfer market that's that's maybe another realistic goal is to sign maybe one or two lads that you think he's ready for next year. That's, that would be a good aim if they could get two two deals over the line. You kind of think he's going to make a difference because I was I think the big signing for us that year was we signed Daryl Horgan. He was he only came on loan, but you could see again he's going to fit into the group. That's what we need. And obviously a cup run. I mean, the cup draw there, I, I don't know, year, year on Wednesday, but... We're recording this earlier, the cup draws too, yeah. so hopefully they get a favourable cup draw there, so if, if they do, they could get into the quarter-final, and then you start just thinking bit by bit, I mean, they, they knocked Sligo out yesterday, and when I was looking at the game, I didn't think like Sligo were brilliant or anything, I, I thought City sat back in, they kept their shape well, and I just said Sligo have a lot of ball, no, bar the first maybe 20 minutes, Sligo did look like they were hurting them and penetrating them, and I was thinking their purpose of their passing but then after that I just thought there's nothing really between these sides here and this is a team who were challenging for a league title on City or second bottom but I think like I said they just they just need to start winning show that they can get consistent games and show that their their players I, I think at this stage they're fighting for their future thinking I want to be here next year I can step up to the plate I know I've had a bad start but watch me it's always about how you finish the season really like you know if players are looking to stay in the club for next year so, so do you think 
Do you think this should be mirrored on the 2010 and next year should be the 2011? So do you think that's what Colin Healy may be thinking the way, you know, it's a rebuild and the following year? And that's why we kind of said ourselves it's a two-year project. Mm. So uh, you reckon that's uh, that's definitely what, what should yeah, be Yeah, I, I, I think at the start of the year, he probably would have said, if I can get into the playoffs, that'll be good. I don't think, ever realistically, I don't think that he ever thought we'll win this title or anything like Shell's budget and the experience mm. they have. I think he's definitely thinking, and he said that like recently in a press conference, he's only signing lads if he can have them for next year. There's no point wasting your budget, yeah. which a lot of managers might do right now. And he's, I think he's boxing clever because some managers might just to relieve a bit of pressure go, do you know what, I'll go out and sign a few lads that'll get me over a few games there, waste the money, and then people will go, well, he did well and he's gone now. He just came in for his few bucks. Like, so it, it definitely, I, de- I definitely think the aim has always been next year. I don't think it was this year. I think yeah. it's just a work in progress and so much lads are too inexperienced. It's different if you had six, six, maybe seven experienced lads in a squad, not saying playing every week, but just in a squad. So he's de- he's definitely, like I said, I think he's aiming for next year. And it's his first year as well as a manager. Like So yeah. it's a tough gig. Like I don't know management, but from what you listen to everyone, it's a tough job and it's very few who crack it straight away. Like. So you made the move from player to journalist. So did you find it hard to move to journalism? Writing about your ex-teammates, did any of them give you any bit of stick around? So you, you obviously grow out and you have to, you have to yeah. uh, point out bad parts of a player's game. And, uh, you know, mm. kind of, I suppose in a small way there's a bit of criticism. And did any of them, uh, any of them give you a bit of stick? No, no one's given me, no one's given me stick, but I do feel bad. I don't think I've been very negative. I always try and balance it up with mm-hmm. giving a bit of positive when there is positive. Like I said, I think as a player myself, I never took a personally if a journalist ever gave out about me. Because if, like, I don't know about the modern player, but definitely players in the past, they know when they've played bad. You just sit there and you just go, oh, it was terrible. And someone might, like, your teammate might come up to you and go, no, you weren't that bad. And like, don't you record it? It was awful. Do you know, I was always like that as a player. I always kind of knew. So I would hope players like that. No, I do know there would be a few players where you go, he's living on cuckoo land. Like, when a journalist might write something bad about him and he's like, he's thinking, do you know why? I thought I played really well, but do you know why? I always think as well, like, and I say this to lads, like, sometimes, like, we don't do it with the with the echo. You know, when you see players' ratings in, the, yeah. in certain papers, like, players should never take that personally because journalists cannot rate players and write a match report at the same time. There's no way you can analyse 11 players on a pitch. Absolutely no chance you can get really into him. You can say this guy was good, this guy was good, but you can't watch a player watch his movement off the ball and everything like that and say, oh, he deserved the six. Because generally, when I spoke to lads in Scotland, they always did in Scotland. I was like, how how do you rate lads a six? And I was definitely better than the other guy. And they were like, literally, if you scored, if you missed the chance, that's how you get a negative tick. So, I, yeah, it's definitely like going back to your thing. It's the hardest part when you know some when you've played with them anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? I I, can, I get over it if I know someone, but I've never actually played with them for years. I just kind of go, look, just got to get over it. It's hard. Like it's yeah. like lads here if you were on going the other side and you were criticizing each other on a different podcast, going that guy's <laughs> terrible. He can he can't even pronounce Ben and Rice. Yeah, no, it's just that we 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 kind of noticed. 
so we've we've become I think we've become like public enemy number one to the to half the players because they because we, we I suppose we would I we would have players kind of you know connected over the last couple of years personal accounts and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, and today we noticed there was all the players have unfollowed us um so we're kind of we're kind of going Jesus have we have we and and some some players that I know a very long time you know it was it's just it was just a bit of a a stranger mm-hmm. so we think are we out there are we we are like as a player, would you like, would you hate these three fat fellas talking about you? Um, saying um, like, these guys don't do know what they're what? talking about. Do you know what? It's not, I don't think there's any, like, I've seen a lot of stuff said about Gary Buckley now, right? Take for example, a lot of people saying like, I think some of the stuff he's doing was wrong. Is like, he's having a dig clearly at City fans. But then towards the end of his career, he was excellent. But he used to just be, here he comes, he's getting it, no matter what. And I think, you know, when you're saying fellas on follow you, a big, like one of my mistakes in my career, and I also look back at it, is I started looking at fans for him. And yeah, I was just going to come into that actually. I was just, I was reading your article a few minutes ago about it, that, it, about um, about keyboard warriors and stuff like that, yeah. No, but it was, it was my, one of my biggest regrets because I looked at it and I, I turned into, it was great reading about when I was brilliant. But even when I thought I played well, you know, I said, I can always take when I play bad, I just go, yeah, that's fair enough. But even when I thought I played well, I was still getting negative and I'd always pick out the negative and I go, oh my God. And I look at last year and like, I read about people going, oh, you're such a, like I got it on Twitter saying like when I left the club for the final time retired, it was like, oh, you're jumping ship. No. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I never kicked the ball when I came back that last time. I played against Longford and I got sent, sent off. off yeah. I didn't I didn't play a league game. So I was I went into Neil Fenn and I said, What's really the point of me being here if I'm not playing? And Jacob Bryan was coming through and it's not like I left him in the lurch because we know how much a good player he is. And I was just thinking to myself, like, why am I getting criticized when at the same time like if if I probably stayed, people would go, oh, You're just rinsing the club of money, you're taking money and you can't even play every week. And so like even at the end I was still thinking in my head, Oh my god, well right now with journalists, if someone criticized me, I, I love it. Like I, I really do, I enjoy it. I really do. Where did you go on centre back? I, I always honestly it's one another regret of my career. I always think I'm a better centre back. I never wanted to play up front. It was um when I when I signed for Waterford, I signed as a centre back like years ago. And Hendo put me up front for a few games and I just kept scoring. But he was like, you'll definitely go back centre-back. And I was like, grand. And they were actually playing Kenny Brown in front of me. Or he was playing midfield so I could play centre-back. And then when you think of that, that's absolute madness. Like It's so <laughs> stupid because you're one of the best centre-backs ever in the league by a fellow who just like was just trying to go back there thinking, yeah, I'm good there. Like It was just... Literally, I played community games there one year and I just thought, you know what, it was really good there. And then it's easier reading the game and especially towards the end, you're like, I couldn't run. I knew I couldn't run up front. I, and if, if balls weren't coming to my head, there was no point in me like playing up front and they weren't, you know, Neil was trying to play a certain way for some load of Chamber Groves that way. Like, I mean, they played total football and what Bradley was watching. And so he must have gone there. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking in my head, going, Rovers, total football inside me. I've got it, as Gregor Halloran used to say, if you have a boot in your head, that's where you'd put your boot. Like, no point putting it on your feet. So, like, I don't know what happened there. Like, I really don't know. I was surprised as anybody to see that phone call and see that name come up on my screen. I think, I think even, to be fair, Cots when he was telling me Shamrock Rovers want me and Loma's kind of half going, I don't know if they got the wrong number or something. <laughs> there, is there another Cox to me that they're tendering or what? So, uh, 
like I said, it's just that's I don't know. I just I really I can head a ball. Do you know what I mean? I mean that's what you probably need a lot in the first division as a centre half. Like just head a ball. I probably get I get through games at this stage. Like just kicking a ball and heading it. <laughs> the um, just that and so transfers. So we're talking. So we're on about people who can come in. Uh, James Doona was mentioned a few weeks ago. Sean Barron. I don't know. I don't know. Did we make up that rumor or what? Um, but uh, um, there was also Destiny. Was uh, he came over and he went back to Forest Green. And um, we had, um, who was the other guy that was mentioned with us, actually? Uh, Stephen Christopher, who joined Treaty. Mickey Drennan. And, oh, and Mickey Drennan. Annie, what do you think? Annie, have you heard anything? Any news? What's well, going on? I did write I did write about Duna and Mikey Drennan. So you have, and Stephen Christopher. So you probably, if you don't read my articles again, you're being very ignorant calling me onto the show and on your background. <laughs> no, we, we want to know where you got them, what's going on with them. Because we're just getting I, all these from you. I'll be honest, no, I got the Mikey Drennan one from a former player who told me, like the club, like he said, I've I've heard this, like this players, they want to talk to him. Now I can understand why, because again, on his day, I think he's a very good player. Whether he wants to come back playing prof- professional football, that's another thing. Like, I mean, He's been in England, he's played with Villa, he, when he came back with Rovers, he started really well with St. Pat's that year and then it just seemed to just, he seemed to just drift off out of football and that can happen to lads, they can mm. fall out of love with the game. James Duna, I, from what I've heard, he was, I don't know, it was meant to be done weeks ago, I was been told this will be done nearly this week and then I've been told yeah, he's we, struggling to get out of Athlone at the moment so they signed a few I new players actually Athlone they got in Glenn McCauley who got that that wonder mm. strike in, against Waterford um, um, and we've heard we've heard ourselves I don't know did it come from you but he might be going to Shells now at this stage um, I know that no because yeah. Declan only said that to me the other day <laughs> so uh, I can I can kind of understand that because he's he's a Dublin lad he probably will go there like again that's why I always think it's difficult as well for Cork if they City, if they don't want to have like a great budget trying to attract someone, like, like just say hindsight, for argument's sake, Shell's offering 200 quid and City offering 400 quid, he'd probably stay in Dublin because lads who I play with, when they come down, they, they have to still travel back up and down, they're itching to get home. I was the same when I went to Rovers, like, I was just, I would come down Tuesday, I would come down Saturday, and you're just like, geez, this is actually costing me money as well. Yeah. Like, it's so, like, I, I, I think Dune is a good player because. I really liked him when he was down in Turner's Cross that night when, when he scored the winner. I thought, you know, why he's excellent. He, he drifts inside, he would offer something different and he works hard for the team. But again, I think he'd be an excellent sign for 18 months. I would think you'd look at him next year and that's that's probably why Colin wants to get these lads in now, even if he thinks, you know, we might make the impact now or get promoted or anything, but, you know, they have time to settle in. They know coming down in January, there's no... You know, give me a month, give me a two months, I'll get to know the lads, I'll get to know the city, all this kind of stuff. There's none of that. You come down, you go, mm. you're ready now. You're in you're in here now three or four months, you know what everything's about, you know what the club's about. And like it's just like sometimes it's it's actually the hardest part might be actually just bringing the lads down because I'm sure once they see the training ground everything, they'll be very impressed. And I think I think another thing that's kinda restricted car from getting lads is the fact that no crowds have been allowed in because if if you're a player like and you look at Cork from the outside, you're you're only seeing like Cork City because I know I said Cork before in a Preston interview and I got absolutely <laughs> destroyed over it. Cork Plague. Uh, I've done it myself. I, the lads pulled me a few weeks ago. I said Cork by mistake. The worst crime. 
Hey, I, know. I remember, I remember it, and that was another one. I was like, "What did I do wrong there?" I was actually saying it was a great job or something. Like, so. No, you know, like I think, I think a big thing with with City is when you're when you're trying, you're selling the club, but all you need to do is go have a look at the crowd at Tony's Cross. Where else are you going to get that in the league? And I'm not like I'm not saying this. I'm biased, but like when I was in Tala. And, you know, they talk about the Rose fans and all that. I was like, this is terrible atmosphere. Like, give me Tony's Cross every day of the week. And you've not had that this year. Like, if players are coming up against you, like when you're coming up playing players, say, doing a no, I know you would have played with Pat, but your memory kind of needs to be refreshed that if you come down and visit and fan going, whoa, I'd love to play here every week. Yeah. And they've not been able to do that when it's been so quiet or like even four or 500 fans is nothing I know for most clubs in the first division getting 500 fans is their like max capacity but for City it's nothing like I mean when we used to play and you'd be playing in front of 2,000 fans you'd be thinking oh my god like this is this is dead and that's ridiculous like it's it's like them nights when you're playing in front so, of 4,000 so you'd, you'd notice you'd notice that as a player you'd notice the difference between like a very empty like 2,000 crowd and the big nights of, 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 of 4,000 yeah. you would yeah 100%, 100% like when you're playing the 2,000 you can I know you can hear certain fans all the time, but like I, I always think like sometimes I said this. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, like, like I think sometimes like it's unbelievable what a crow can do if you get a corner or anything playing into the shed. I mean, put it this way: like when you say that about the fans, why over how many years have Cork City been better playing into the shed than the St. Anne's end? Because the players hate it. We hate playing into the St. Anne's end. We're like, there's no fans behind the goal. There's no atmosphere. It's just horrible. When you score in the same, or the shed end, it's unbelievable. And I remember saying that the one game that kind of sticks to my mind about fans, like, apart from City, was we played Dundalk when we lost 1-0 after about four games my first year back in 2018. And they were, their crow was unbelievable from the first moment and I remember just thinking we are in trouble here like because they're on top of us we can't get out of our half the referee is going to be influenced all that kind of stuff which which does happen like and mm. I think even players respond to you know the crowd getting on the referees back players start going well there's something to gain out of this like and I, I really do think it's a big difference. It's a massive difference this year. Uh, right, just a very last quick one. So growth more. So there's a lot of uncertainty at the moment. Um, is it, you know I think in the, in England you'd hear like if there's takeovers, it's affecting what's going on in the pitch. Do you think anything like that of is is affecting uh, the players here? Are they just do they you know would it would it affect the players knowing what's going on, what's going on off the pitch? Does that affect the players here on the pitch? I've never like I've never been in a proper yeah. takeovers something like that. For me. It might start affecting you now if you're thinking it's coming towards the end of the season. But at the start of the season, no, because you know the deal isn't happening. You just go, right, I'll just get on with it. This might happen at the end of the year. But turn, like I said, when you come to the last couple of weeks in football, as a player, you start thinking, do I have a contract here for next year? And yeah. then you start thinking, say, if Grove more coming, you go, there's more money coming in here. Am I, you're in two minds then, you kind of think, am I a player that they want to keep in this club and they're going to offer me more money? Or am I simply doing a job right now for the last few weeks and they're going to go, we're getting a better quality, we're getting an upgrading because we've got money now. So you kind of like, it can work both ways. You can kind of fear for your future in that sense, but you can also go, do you know what? I can actually play really well and earn myself a better contract for next year. So it works 
it works both ways, really. So you should have motivation kind of both ways, really. And actually, just one here as well, actually, I might as well just go up because he unfollowed me, so he's longer, my friend. Uh, Mark McNulty. <laughs> um, so he, another error the other night. Um, <laughs> another error the other night. <laughs> We're no longer friends, Nulls. So, so another error leading to a goal. Mm. What's going to... I mean, what do you think? What's what's the story like? You what's know what? Like, it's like I think, like I said, I think the Bray game. I know people like looked at him at that, and what I can say to him for that game is, I think he f- was worried that if he caught it, he was going to drop it because there was a defender right on top of him. I think yesterday's was different, but then he he ended up making a brilliant yeah. save just before yeah, half time that keeps you in the game, and that's that's what I mean, like. Nods' experience, I mean, I go to all the games and I, I was saying at the start of the year, he was the only person I could hear on the pitch. I know, like I, I read Twitter, I know fans give him a lot of abuse, but like around the dressing room, everything, he's irreplaceable. He really okay. is. Like he is, like Demo, you probably know him from just being out in the training ground. He yeah. is that and so And he loves the club. He absolutely loves it. Like there's no denying that. Like I, like he's 40. He's 40 years of age, lads. People got to realise that's incredible. Yeah. I'm 33 and I'm like, I could not do what he does. And he's got a lot of kids as well. Like, I've got one that was thinking, <laughs> oh my God. Like, he is a big so character <laughs> in the, yeah, he's a major character because I know we've I had a good crack with him and stuff. But, but he's the balance of it. Like, yeah. he makes a mistake as a keeper, he gets scrutinized. Mm. Like, because it's one mistake. Whereas other players, like, might make a mistake, but they don't. Like, you know, you might miss a chance, like, and they go, blah, blah, blah. But, one mistake is to keep it scrutinised, but again, he made a brilliant save, and like, yeah, that's unbelievable mentality. Because for me, I was, I was weak. I like I said, that I was so weak. If I missed the chance, I'd be saying that's why I was on about Ben, and he really impressed me after Bray. He missed loads of chance, but he kept going in for him. Where like sometimes I'd be literally like, I don't want to get this because I'm going to miss, and I'm I'm scared of the abuse I'm going to get. Where Nulls turned around yesterday, and he. Made the save, they got through the round, and it doesn't matter at the end of the day if he made the mistake. No, great save out, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But you're in the, do you know what? Like, it doesn't matter in cup football. No one remembers it in two years. Oh, there was a mistake at the start of that game. You don't, you just go, Jesus, great, went up in Sligo that. Now, you remember, I remember we had a good win in Sligo. If you, yeah. if you win a cup or go far in a cup, you don't say, Oh, he made, he made a mistake in the game we won. You're like, who cares? Do you know what I mean? Like, who cares now at the moment? You're in the next round of the game, next round of the cup. It doesn't make any difference this morning, you know? Yeah, no, that's... So that's, that's, I, 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 I honestly think, like, I know I know myself, like, some fans are, like, would say this and that, but, like, what he does for the team is unbelievable. And the calmness and what he does to the dressing room is brilliant, so I can't speak highly enough of him. I really can't. Well, it's just that he unfollowed me, so now I'm, I'm out to get him. Oh, yeah, right. that's all it was. Um, I don't follow you. <laughs> you do, actually. You just don't, don't ever unfollow me, Graham. There you go. Um, <laughs> you do. <laughs> Every Echo article will be scrutinised, I tell you. Uh, <laughs> it already is, anyway. He's missing a full stop there. By God almighty. But, uh, Decky, Wayne, have you anything to add or ask? Just one question. Jesus, um, 30, 35 minutes in, there isn't much point to fucking ask us now, anyway. So I have one question. Any regrets in football? <laughs> I don't think there's enough time. One is the centre-back. I think I think just literally, like I said, the fans form, but I think my biggest regret is like just been such a weak character, like so weak as in terms of letting things affect me so much, like beating myself up every time I miss a chance or miscontrol a ball. And do you know what? I'm, I'm so... 
then when I'm sitting there watching things and I see lads do it, I'd always come to them and go, will you ever relax? Like, do you know that kind of way? So that's definitely, that's my biggest regret. Like, um, because I can't say like, oh, I look at all my moves and stuff like that. I wouldn't regret any chance I've ever made. Like, no chance. Like, I I was incredibly fortunate to get a move thing in the 24 for a first division player as well. Mm. Like, I mean, because I don't know how I managed to... I don't know, my, I had the best agent in the world, like, for them to bluff that, like, he really did. I kept, I kept, like, every year, you know, like, contract renewals. The only other thing is, like, that will come to my mind is so stupid. It's just with St. Johnson. I tweaked my hammy on a Thursday, and I tore it on the Saturday, and I was flying before that. Like, I really was flying that. I was like, I might actually, instead of actually someone actually offering me a new contract, which is come and get a move to another Scottish club. That's probably it. Like I, I always say that to lads. I say, don't be, don't be a hero, like because you'll end up costing yourself. And in fairness, the St. John's this they gave me the contract, like and told me hamstring lads, and I still managed to get over to Cox City final on the Sunday against them dark on the tear because I remember limp, I was limping around Dublin all on the Sunday, and I was like, oh my god, my leg! I didn't realize I hadn't had the scan at this time, like and. Uh, the manager pulled me in the Tuesday because we were meant to be, I just took it off, you know, I just ran home, like got on the flight, like he couldn't do anything because I was like, I'm going to Dublin anyway, so he's not going to fly over to Dublin and drag me back, like I bloody well knew, we had a few days off, like I was like, I knew if we were injured we shouldn't come in, so I got absolutely killed on the Tuesday going, oh I didn't, I didn't have anything to drink, I just went to the Cork City game, that was it, and he's like, do you think that's good for your hamstring? And then he found out in the scan that I'd be out for like 12, 13 weeks afterwards. So I was, I didn't realise I was reading the next morning, actually, after that, things to avoid after tearing a muscle or something, alcohol and going to the sauna. And I was like the next morning going out, I went to the sauna because like I wanted to sweat the junk out of me. Like, so. <laughs> We're actually joined by the St. Johnson Express editor here. He's just, they're looking for an exclusive, actually. Uh, no, it, can't be, it can't be worse, lads, than me getting the zip in the eye. So like, that's another regret of mine over in St. Johnson so yeah that's a big one um, Decky have you had to add ask um, no I see Slazzy covered a lot of it there to be fair I guess the only thing I'd ask you Graham is, and it's, it's back and back into the middle of the interview again you spoke about Colin do you think with Colin you know what we used to say about Roy Keane that he'd always be frustrated in management because the players he was coaching or managing would never be as good as him do you see any of that in Colin or do you think Colin is ever likely to suffer from something like that? Or do you think Colin is um, um, maybe a more balanced person than Roy and, and he could deal with that whole type of situation better than Roy? Well, like I haven't worked, I haven't seen Roy work work firsthand, but I have. Yeah, no, of course. I have, I have worked with Colin for a small bit when Cots go over and he wasn't, he wasn't like that at all. He never got frustrated with lads. He was always encouraging. He demands high standards. Like, like that's what I mean. But some people might think, Mm-hmm. You know, with Roy Keane demand high standard. He just demands lads run as hard as they can and stuff, which is it's just everything. He's not he's not criticizing someone if they like take a bad pass. And the thing I had with Colin was he knew everything, and I respected him so much. Like every time he spoke, I wanted to listen to him because I was like, look at the career he's had. You can't argue with anything he says because he's going to be yeah, right. Compared to me, like I was thinking, my head going like I loved him because he was working on little tactics like that. I was thinking, I'm learning over again, you know, that kind of way. I was learning new stuff, so I think I wouldn't say that at all. I think he's, I think he's been very patient with all the players, and he's given them confidence. You can see that. Like I, I watched, like I said, Ben and or Kian Murphy was come on, and 
like some managers, if, if a player had one or two bad games, they'd pull him out of the team straight away. But he's given him a run, like he's just seen fate, and he's stuck with him. Like when some people might have said, take him out of the team, we're seeing, we're seeing the difference in that. Now, lads getting a longer run and they feel more confident. Nice. Okay. Uh, Graham? Yeah, I know. I mean, obviously, we'd be, we'd be big fans of Collins. So, yeah, it's good to hear that. I mean, it's. The irony, as I said last week, of us giving Colin advice after the game above and Wexford hanging over the fence certainly isn't lost on me anyway, for one. I think Cork City are getting loads of coverage at the moment. To be fair to you yourself, um, mm. you're bringing lots of them. Um, lots, there's lots of columns coming on Cork City and, and, and stuff like that. So mm. it's good. And that's a good thing. And I, I do think from it's always nice to, from a player's perspective, an ex-player's perspective, because look... Again, we're we're fans. We we talk. We we, we might talk about something mm. like why didn't he get to the ball? But a player will know saying, well, he couldn't get to the ball because it was just traveling too fast. You you know, um. But like, so you know a bit more, obviously, on the inside and stuff like that. So I I think it's great to have a an expert writing columns uh, for the Echo. I I genuinely do. I know you're getting. I know you get some grief <laughs> off a few people around the place. All right, but uh, I enjoy your columns anyway. So Graham, so that, that, that's all that man. We, yeah. You know, unless I you enjoy, unfollow I me, I enjoy writing them. I yeah. enjoy writing them. <laughs> I won't unfollow you. <laughs> <laughs> that on me at all. <laughs> I wouldn't risk that. Uh, not worth it. I'll just block you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but, um, lads, anything else? I think, are we? Um, the 10 minute chat turned into no, 35 minutes. Because, yeah, 10 minute chat. <laughs> you can see no way I got a job in journalism. They never shut up the way. We may have to release. It's very, very interesting. What's it? Yeah, we may have to release this as just a special, actually. I don't know what the pod's going to be an hour and a half long now. Yeah, I was just. I was just going to say. I was just going to say the same thing. Just, just bang it out as 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 one piece on its own, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, thanks very much, Graham, for joining us. And uh, thanks, best Graham. of best of luck. And oh, we'll be life. we'll be watching your columns uh, with uh, great interest. Thanks, mind thanks very much. Yeah. Cheers, Graham. Thanks, bud. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mind, mind yourself, Graham. The next episode will be available very soon.